Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers. This is a Christian roundtable discussion for men. And this is podcast number 319. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Boom. Not sure where you ended up. So spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that is where we are. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey meeting daily challenges just like you and we are glad that you've joined us for this spirited discussion at this time i'm going to jump right in and introduce the panel he is a former world-class policy writer a professional gambler and the show producer it's mr steve titch yo steve Steve titch a former prosecutor he's an attorney kind of the group historian uh we call him the judge it's michael cropper Hey, Yo, Mike. Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? A uh, corporate trainer, a big deal in talent development, kind of the group theologian, a commercial-grade teacher. We call him the professor uh, on location uh, somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Robert Coachman. <laughs> No uh, <laughs> I am and, in the great state of Oklahoma this week. So, oh, oh, oh man, in a state of mourning. I am oh. sorry. For you. They are, but it's okay because we beat them bad. It was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and basic. And my name is Bill Cox. And with that, I want to jump right in, and I'll uh, turn it over quickly to Mr. Steve Titch. All right. Thanks. We've been looking at Paul's letter to the Galatians for the past few weeks uh, in this study by uh, the GC2 Press, A Cry for Freedom, Grace, that is still amazing. We've been talking about, well, Paul's showdown. We could call it a showdown. We could call it a smackdown uh, with Peter in Antioch. And I guess most scholars believe this, this was before the actual council in Jerusalem where they settled on the fact that circumcision was not required of Gentiles or you know, of anyone uh, in order to be a Christian. And we've been talking about this a few weeks. We're going to kind of fast forward a bit uh, this week and really look at a lingering problem that, that uh, exists in the church among a lot of Christians. And that is the tendency to express your faith or define your faith, certainly express it through the rules you follow. And that was exactly the case um, that Paul objected to here. Um, and, and, it's, and, and we'll cover it in the reading. It's the case he, 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 he takes that, no, you're, the, 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 the rules are, are not going to save you and that they were never intended to be some source of salvation. Uh, they were intended kind of as guidelines. So I'll, I'll stop there, but we'll, we'll look at, we'll look at the letter and we'll look at his argument and then we'll fast forward to maybe modern times and with some contemporary dilemmas. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. 
Yeah, fools, idiots. <laughs> this is what Paul says. I'm stealing Bill's first line in the text. He's going to read for us in just a moment. Uh, as Steve set up the um, uh, the podcast, we're going to talk about. Uh, Paul returns back to criticizing the uh, the Galatians and asking him why in the world they would want to uh, to follow the law after they've been given freedom through the law of grace and through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We're going to be reading Galatians 3, and and, and uh, Bill will be doing 1 through 14. Uh, and as, as Steve said, we're continuing with the examination of Paul's letter to Galatians. And, and if anybody knows anything about grace, it's, it's, uh, it's Paul, because Jesus called him through his infinite grace while he was yet prosecuting, uh, persecuting Christians. I want to say prosecutor, folks. That's the old language for me. <laughs> right, right. He was both. <laughs> you're, you're off work, Mike. You're off work. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. so if you were a Christian and you feared persecution, Paul was your worst nightmare, folks. And the reason I bring up grace so much, because that's the story of the whole letters. Um, there are Judaizers that had told the Galatians, who Paul had founded several churches there, uh, they came and told them they need to be circumcised, they need to become Jews to complete their salvation for the Lord. Anyway, yes, we're going to go forward and, and, and uh, talk about it some more. And, and again, grace is what saved Paul and what caused him to begin to preach the gospel. Bill? Excellent, uh, Professor. So it's the old age-old question. Are we justified by the law or are we justified by faith? And as Mike said, Paul is the one who really built this argument and screamed it from the mountaintops and really fought it in the early church because there was a lot of discussion in the early church. They ended up having the first council of the in the early church over this exact meeting point they were looking at. So they were trying to set this up and get it together and figure it out. And Paul is the one who literally says, wait, 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 wait. Well, let's talk about this. And as we talked about before, who better than Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, the guy on the fast track to the high priesthood to really make this argument. And so today it gets kind of interesting because now he starts talking about practical things and we're going to do a little practical fun with it as well. So this is going to be fun. Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. It's Galatians 3, 1 through 14. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. 
All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, the one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who was hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that the, by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Steve? Yeah, this gets very complicated, so don't look to us to explain it. But <laughs> <it's>, um, <laughs> uh, really, and, and it's it's part of it is kind of understanding the depth of Christ's mission. I mean, we think of Jesus being crucified. We think of him saving our sins. We sins of all loving us. And all that is, all that is true, but intertwined in that intertwined in that mention, in that mission, in that death on the cross, Paul is saying is, is the fulfillment of this law that has existed since it was delivered to Moses, that, that Jesus himself in some ways personified the law because he lived according to the according to the gospels a sinless life he fulfilled that yet at the same time bore the penalty bore the curse because all of humanity can't and this is this is a a a major point with with paul going back even to into romans that you cannot abide by a hundred percent of the law 100 percent of the time you will always fall short so that will not get you to god your shortfall is covered by the cross to drive this home his whole point here is that abraham starting with the first the first individual that god called that God reached out and chose to essentially lay the foundation for Israel and lay the foundation for us. God, before anything, uh, made this offer to Abraham, and Abraham accepted it by faith. This is all in the book of Genesis. Um, and then, then he was Abraham then. Then he changed his name. Then came the covenant of circumcision. And then 430 years later, at least as, as Paul, Paul will write it elsewhere, some hundreds of years later, the law is delivered to Moses. Now we can talk about the role of the law, but but Paul Paul's essential point here is that Abraham was deemed righteous the moment he believed in God and accepted God's promise. Uh, this the the set of facts concerning Abraham is very complex and as he said according to genesis abraham left left ur because god called him to leave ur and he went into uh, in ur in mesopotamia 
And God called him to found a new nation in an undesignated land, which he would later learn to be called, which was called Canaan. So Abraham showed God his faith through his obedience. So anyway, Bill. <laughs> Excellent, uh, Professor. So it, it, it's really, you know, he, Hebrews and its great articles of faith says that by faith, Abraham was was rectified because he offered Isaac, his only son. And he did. And he did that based on faith. And I think the faith argument is the big argument that we have and we need to work with because it is literally the one thing that separates the Christian religion from every other religion. Every other religion requires you to do works, things to do. You know, the Buddhists, the Hindus, Jehovah's Witness, the Church of Latter-day Saints. You know, if you're a Muslim, all of them have very, very specific things, not just faith things they have to do. Christians, we're the only religion. Everything we do is based on one thing, our faith. And faith is the one thing that leads the way out. And so because of that, it's actually hard as human beings because as human beings, we have kind of a natural reaction to wanting to have laws and rules placed upon us. And a lot of people say, no, 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 I don't know. Actually, we do. That's, that's kind, kind of the reason why kids do better if you put boundaries around them because Absolutely. you give them boundaries to guide and move within. We're kind of the same way as human beings. We want boundaries. But the reality of it is the Christian faith gives us a a way to God kind of without a lot of boundaries around it. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders, are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is No Church Answers. Uh, we have, like I said in the opening, uh, the producer, Steve, man, he's throwing us a little bit of a curveball. We do this every once in a while. Right, Bill. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we're going to fast forward to today and we're going to look at that tendency or you want to call it a temptation to identify our religious selves or express our religion through rules. And these can come out of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, out of the Old Testament, or we can attempt to extract, quote-unquote, commandments from the New Testament, regardless of the context. So uh, let's start with this uh, first one. And, and the applicable uh, relevant scripture is, a woman must not wear men's clothing, nor men wear women's clothing, for the Lord your God detests 
anyone who does this. And that's from Deuteronomy 22.5. So here we go. You and your family join two other families from your Bible study group for a picnic in a local park. Everyone has a nice time. As it gets later in the day, the weather turns chilly. Your wife goes back to the car, finds one of your flannel shirts, and puts it over her modest sundress. Is that one of your husband's work shirts? Asks one of the other women in your group. Yes, your wife answers. I find the flannel cozy. Yeah, whenever I need one, all I have to do is check her closet, you add. While you expected a shared chuckle from the other couple, instead they exhibit a curious lack of humor. Then they turn somewhat cool to you and your wife and about 10 minutes later, pack up and leave for home. Later in the week, your friend from the group tells you that the other couple was offended because your wife put on an article of clothing, which they believe goes against the Bible. Have you ever seen her in anything but a dress or a skirt? Your friend asks. They only tolerate women wearing pants because they're clearly sized and tailored for women. Since they are part of your Bible group, he suggests you and your wife apologize at the next meeting just to smooth things over and that she avoid wearing men's clothing in their presence. When your wife hears this, she declares she will not apologize for anything she wears. In fact, not only will she wear a flannel shirt, but she's ready to wear denim overalls, a baseball cap, and your work belt to your next Bible study meeting. What do you do? About right, the only ahead. thing I would tell her not to do is don't do the, I'd say wear the overalls and the ball cap, leave the work belt at home. <laughs> But just to, you know, uh, just to and, antagonize and, and, the other people, right? Robert? Oh, absolutely. Now, now let me, this, this <laughs> okay. is almost a, a, a moment of the chosen where there's one point where Jesus heals somebody and, and Peter goes, but there weren't any Pharisees around. And Jesus goes, I don't always have to have Pharisees around. And, and Peter goes, but it's so much more fun when the Pharisees are there when we do it, right. <laughs> basically. And I yeah. love that. But but it but it it it's one of those things where I'm just like, really, this is what we're gonna be all ticked off and argumentative about. My my wife grabbed a flannel shirt and threw it over her. And I love Steve that you put modest sundress in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 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 it's one of those and 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 let me just say this. Okay, if anybody thinks this is like a wildly thought up case study. Now, this was 40 years ago, but to my knowledge, this camp still follows this rule. In 1986, I was at a summer camp as a summer youth leader leading a group, and the boys and the girls had swim times. Do you know why? Because mixed bathing is not allowed. And I just kind of went, what? <laughs> well, I actually, I actually kind of when I mean, this has been years ago, experienced this kind of discrimination or actually I was around it. But it was the because my grandparents were Mennonites and go to a Mennonite church. And I don't know if you know about their they're pretty simple people. Uh, and the ladies typically wear like cotton dresses with little bonnets and their hair up and stuff like that. And uh, I overheard someone, I, I can't credit this to anybody in particular, but I do remember vividly someone said, why do they dress like that? Don't they know that it's kind of weird? Because, I mean, it was back in the 70s or so. 
And that person looked at him and said, that's their way of worship. I think the, yeah, I think the, the scenario, by the way, folks, Steve came up with the scenarios and, uh, and he puts a little spice in them in, in our, uh, uh, podcast every once in a while, as you guys know, we did our format for tonight and, uh, it, it's got a lot of spice in it. So I, I think the scenario here where the wife puts on a man's shirt and, uh, uh to keep warm, uh, is is reflective of a, a very bad attitude of some critical people. Um, a, a woman must not wear men's clothing. Well, I think the scenario here is an attitude on the part of the critics. The wife is uncomfortable and she wants a little extra clothing to be warm. There is no inference that the wife here wants to trans over to a man. <laughs> I, and wear the one shirt as an act of rebellion. Uh, you know, this... You know this because her other clothes she's wearing are female-based clothes, and she doesn't right. take those off and put on her husband's clothes, right? right? The attitude, I think the scripture refers to a woman who is trying to be a woman. Uh, the critics are, are, are applying the set of facts as if she's trying to defy society and, and, and be a sex uh, and defy the sex in which she was born. So the couple of questions I have, is the, the woman or male who they are making fun of or criticizing, in this case, a woman wearing their house hair in an obvious manner of the opposite sex. In other words, is this woman who puts on her husband's overshirt to be warm, is she also uh, wearing a, a butch haircut or a, a flat top? Well, well, you well, well, what if you young? go, okay, now you're going- now, now, Hold on, wait, I'm not Now sure. you're opening the door to a little more of the contemporary idea. Now I put this up because, what is because, you know, yeah, these are a little larger than life, but that you do run into these things. You will still see in here. Let me follow up your question. Okay, yeah, because now you're now you're putting conditions on this. So So Mike, is it okay for a woman to put on, you know, a flannel shirt, a men's flannel shirt, just to be warm. Do you have an issue with a haircut? Do you, a short haircut? Do you have an issue? I mean, most you go walk around now, you know, you, women wear t-shirts and jeans. Women are wearing the same things men wear. It's a pure cultural thing. But but you're you're betraying something there. You're you're betraying a relative relativistic attitude all oh, well, of the shirts okay but the, is the hair cut out well, you didn't let me finish okay well, the, the, is she is she wearing a male haircut and is she taking male injections of testosterone well, what's a male okay well, so you didn't let me finish what's a male haircut yes <laughs> and is she trying to grow a beard on her oh, face no. okay so what what i'm trying to tell you is there are certain things that illustrate I think what the Bible was trying to say, a woman must not wear men's clothing in defiance of God's will for their life, and that's making her a woman by birth, uh, or nor is a man to wear a woman's clothing, clothing and act as a woman in defiance to God's creating him at birth a male. So, so it, it, it so doesn't, you, you, you remember... It, in your opinion, that's a what what the you know the idea of following this literally to a that is a man shirt um, is no, misinterpreting is the not. scripture is misinterpreting the intention of the scripture is is that sounds like you say what 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 you're really saying is that scripture speaks to roles of men and women not of the you know the material they're wearing yes you know a lot of our scriptures leave out a lot that we have to apply that's why we have the well that's why we have no church answers 
<laughs> because all of us like to look and Dale, Dale and, and Steve, you're real good at providing hypotheticals that will get us to look at the scriptures and read into them what we believe and what we interpret God meant by the scriptures. And that's, that's, that was my thing. I think there's there should have been more here, but it's great because it gets us to talk about it. No, what? No, I actually, to to be fair, that is another that is, that is another part of this um, discussion in a way, or this the idea of pulling something out of context and not really understanding why it's there. Um, and just literally taking it at face value. And that's what this hypothetical couple, I think, is doing here, saying, oh, well, that's a man's piece of clothing. You're not supposed to wear it because that's what the Bible says. They're artistic right. and very limited in their intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Notre Chancers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up, Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back, everybody. This is uh, No Church Answers doing something a little bit special. Uh, case studies as put together uh, by the producer. And, you know, the thing about it is it gets everybody the opportunity to chime in uh, something a little bit differently and the way it affects uh, them uh, from the Bible. Okay, next case study, and this is this is a little more serious. The relevant scripture, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Your wife has been diagnosed with cancer and is undergoing chemotherapy. The prognosis is still questionable and you're doing everything you can to make her comfortable. Under her doctor's supervision, she is taking THC gummies, and they have helped alleviate her pain, nausea, and depression. You live in Lake Charles, Louisiana, where medical marijuana and THC are legal. Meanwhile, her parents, your in-laws, are preparing a big family reunion at their home over an upcoming three-day weekend. Your father-in-law is an ordained Baptist minister who has built a successful and effective addiction recovery ministry in Houston. He abstains from alcohol and does not allow it in his home, and you and your wife have always respected this. You would hope to keep your wife's THC use confidential, but family being family, word reached your father-in-law, 
who has made it clear that you and your wife are not welcome at the reunion if she is using THC. He says possession of THC and marijuana for any use is still illegal in Texas. Second, if by any chance she were arrested, the social media backlash, anti-drug minister's daughter caught with pot stash, could damage or destroy his ministry and his own career. Finally, he says, I've seen firsthand the heartbreak and tragedy drugs like marijuana bring down on families. Marijuana has no place among Christians. Leave it home. I won't have it in my own house. You argue that this is legitimate medication and a private matter. She's not going to light up a joint on the living room couch. This could be your wife's last chance to see her siblings and her beloved nephews and nieces. Without THC, she will be sick, in pain, and miserable the whole time. Your, your father-in-law's stance not only threatens the whole reunion plan, but members of the extended family are taking sides. You have offered to host the reunion at your own home, but by now, parties have retreated to their own corners. Phone calls are ending with shouting and tears. What do you do? Okay, Michael Cropper, you probably lit up at home. <laughs> I, I never have. An aller I'm allergic to smoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, but anyway, uh, setting that aside, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the point Steve asks us, uh, what, what, what do we do? And I'm going to tell you, first of all, the THCs are legal in Texas for a small amount. It's 03 3% THC that remain legal. So I, I would tell her, bring, that up. <laughs> bring the legal legal ones to his house and eat a whole bunch of them. But, but, well, but the thing is, uh, here, once again, Jesus was doing what he knew was best to avoid conflict. And he, he says we are to be peacemakers. It, what, what I would recommend, if, if they asked me, I would say, I, I would recommend that she she take some of the gummies and, and go to the, the reunion and not say anything. There are some things better left unsaid. And I think this is one of those cases. Uh, absolutely. The, absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it there. Like go, some go to another guy who wants to share. Yeah. Absolutely. The opposite of what I did uh, with some, I mean, kind of close to that, but you know what? Uh, I just don't want to, uh create drama and and if it's going to be an issue particularly with the host you got to honor the host well then it's not going to happen i'm not going to create the drama i like to seek the level of water and by being upfront and forward with everything whoever would like to see you can see you and whoever is offended they can stay offended because like, and this kind of stuff happens because I go to Michigan during the summer. And so we just try to see everybody, but certain people get offended and their feelings hurt. And, you know, you can't dwell on that. And, but you also can't change them either. Uh, and then if, if you don't have the opportunity to repair the, uh, the relationship later on, you know, well, <laughs> and that, that happens. That's part of life. You know, uh, decision you made, water under the dam. Um, but I, I really like the idea 
that this is a, a way that you can show mercy, uh, respect and mercy uh, for the adult. Professor Koshu. So I would default back to, A, I'm not smoking a joint. Um, my doctor has prescribed it to me. This is a doctor prescription. This is this is just just like the chemotherapy that I'm taking that's making me so sick. And this is actually a true thing. They found this to be helpful for people with chemo to help mm-hmm. the counteract it, especially the gummy version of the THC, because it's the THC extracted from the marijuana. So you don't get a lot of the other pieces. By the way, if you, if you get it, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a men's matter, John Cates. And if we could, at some point, I'd like to get John to yes. this, just because I'd really like to hear his theory on it. But it it is it is literally one of those. I I, I probably would have kept my mouth shut because honestly, the way this is running, I don't see this as being the same thing as having an illegal marijuana drug in my house. You know, I'm not popping gummies because I want to feel good. I'm popping I'm popping well, gummies because I have a I have a legitimate medical need for it. Right. And you know, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said anything to the to the dad about it because let's be real. I, I'm, here. A, I'm, I'm assuming Houston, the dad found out about it because somebody, yeah. you know, the so phone works. Yeah. And, and he wasn't okay, really okay. supposed to, but but yeah, but nonetheless yeah, okay, it's dad, out of the bag. It's Stay, out of the bag. Yeah. Okay, if it's out, then I'd tell dad, look, dad, this is, it's a gummy. It's not a thing. My doctor's prescribed it to me. I'm sorry. I, I understand completely. And by the way, my bet is daughter and son-in-law agree with dad on the anti-drug programs he's put together. But this is one, this is one of those, this is one of those, it's the, it's the Pharisees getting hacked off at Jesus because he told the guy to pick up the mat and carry it, you know, because he wasn't going to be there anymore. You know, kind of arguments. It's like, right. dude, really I, I, get, get yeah. some well, perspective on it. Here's, yeah. here's yeah. it's it's funny. I mean, I should say it's funny. It's it's you. It's it's interesting you mentioned John Cates because, yeah. and I do not want to imply because because I know John and he's a he's a he's a he's a he's an extremely good Christian. He did kind of inspire this because on that men matter, you can go back and find it. He mm-hmm. says this business about medicinal marijuana is wrong. Now this was a few years ago. Let's give them that. Right. And and before and it was just appearing on the market and it was just becoming um legalized in a couple of states. It is now legal. Okay. In 30, it is now legal in 38 states. So he might and his ministry may have changed their position. They may have simply acknowledged, but I, that I don't know. But but well, I, but I kind yeah. of inspired this, but I will I will want to throw this back at you guys cuz you kind of you kind of <laughs> joked a bit Mike, but he does have a point. The, the type of that is this is illegal in Texas. And like, um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to throw this out because there are, as we like to know, as we like to say, there are powers and principalities at work in this in this world. And if this is a very successful ministry, maybe, you know, the taillight is out. The police officer pulls you over and then decides he has probable cause and finds those gummies. And they're not at point three. They're at not at that legal low low. <laughs> and yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, I mean, what are, am I being is with the fathers being far fetched at this? 
Do you, or do you think there's got to be something to consider the fact that you are bringing an illegal product into his house? Well, yeah, my, my, my final, uh, my suggestion that was really, if you can find the point threes, uh, leave the illegal ones at home, which, which is my final summation with that. Okay. See if you can find okay. another way to take and, and get hold of the point threes and eat a bunch of those. <laughs> the, point, the point is, yes, you're right. You, you have a respect for your father. It's the girl's father that says, I don't want this in my home. And, and and instead of being sympathetic for her, he's being very uh, legalistic. Well, legalistic. And he's he is also, because I'm going to tip ministry. my hand. It's he's true. also it's thinking true. about himself. Um, oh, and and, and maybe, what if what if she took him with her and left him in the car? That uh, you oh, the old the old. Well, you don't. Bar, I, the old they're Lawrence not in my. They're not in his house. They're in the his old car. Lawrence and, of Arabia. Thing. Will will you be happy? If yeah. your wife has her gummies, will you be happy if your gummies never come inside the house? Yeah, that's one. And that, that's yeah, a they're compromise. In, they're, they're in you, her you body, argue, so it you, may not yeah, be legal you argue if the point, not you, intoxicated. Yeah. yeah, and you argue the point that I said that, hey, this, is, this isn't, I'm lighting a joint up. This is actually medicine. And John and I had some conversations about that, Steve. Oh, okay. So you have a, some a very time. long time ago, like mm -hmm. you said, and mm -hmm. it was mainly because I wanted to poke his brain a little bit. And, mm -hmm. I, and I don't remember exactly where he landed, but I know one thing that I thought of at the time was it, it it's more incumbent on the medical profession to run it right. And that's not what we've seen so far. It's too many of the quack doctors. Oh, you got some arthritis pain, huh? Here, have well, some gummies. Okay. Wink, well, wink, well, we, we, you could say the same right. thing. I just watched a couple of um, a couple of documentaries about uh, the Sacklers and uh, Purdue <laughs> Pharmaceuticals. You you can argue the same thing, but if you want to bring law into it, the the wife, the woman who's using it, has a right to medical confidentiality. He he mm -hmm. shouldn't even know that. And unfortunately, it happened. But I I would say so, I, I think he's being unreasonable. But if he's going to be this way, I think you got to respect it. And there's going to be no reunion. It's what it is, man. I mean, everybody has non-negotiables. And Sandy's worked uh, hard. I was in John Cade's Sunday school class for 10 years with Mike. And... Uh, or no, one ten years. Mike wasn't there ten years. I was. Yeah, two or three. Uh, yeah, but uh, so you know, everybody has a non-negotiable, and, and you know, you can market anywhere you want. Uh, does that make you uh, more religious than another? Well, some people it does. I did insert one line that takes us back to the lesson when the father says, "Marijuana has no place among Christians." Right. Any comments? <laughs> yeah, let's let's go to, go back to prohibition. Mm -hmm. Alcohol. <laughs> uh, first of all, alcohol was used quite a bit and still is used among the Jewish people. And some of our churches use real alcohol when they take the Lord's Supper, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not the Baptist churches, but but uh, alcohol goes in and out during prohibition. It was illegal here in the states. Then it came back in when there was enough commercial influence put on. The distributors, because there were so many, so so many billions, maybe even trillions of dollars in selling alcohol, 
So it never worked. So, yeah. So it, it, what, it was, what am I getting at? I'm getting at uh, things are not reasonable, like you said, Steve. Uh, sometimes we we do things, and this goes to the law, to the legalism of the law that we are hitting on so gratefully, gracefully. And and Jesus. Uh, now we're not supposed to do necessarily what Jesus did, but once again the disciples worked on the Sabbath when you're not supposed to ever work on the Sabbath. They rolled their hands together and broke off wheat off the shucks so they could eat. And Jesus looked at the Pharisees and they said, you're working on the Sabbath. Day. This is violating the law. And, and Jesus said, yeah, but he says that the Sabbath was created for men. So once again, there are things, there's an equitable side of the law. And there is, like you said, say, a very legalistic side of law in which we we hurt ourselves to to the point where where uh, um, we step on other people's toes because we are not using it reasonably. But Jesus was able to use it reasonably, and uh, and he healed the person on the Sabbath a number of times and made him so mad. So, how do you combine the equitable side of the law and the legalistic side and not offend somebody? You know, sometimes that that happens, like you say, Bill. It, it's, it's, if it's going to offend somebody, you you avoid it. Paul said that. He says, if I'm going to step on somebody's to toes by eating meat offered to idols, then I'm not going to eat the meat. So, uh, right. He's making it a matter of right, professor. So I'm 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 liking, really liking Mike's comments regarding pushing the legal limit. I think he said because I think there's something here we get into that there there are there rules we have to follow as christians sort of kind of somewhat yeah be the best way i could answer that however the problem is if we're not careful because of human nature like i talked about you end up getting so focused on the rules that you forget the other parts about it and it comes down to kind of the faith works debate that we've had steve that that you know you have the faith but the work should come because of the faith a lot of people do the works and think the works give them the faith the faith should inspire the works is in reality how that should work and i, and I think kind of this falls into that same way or that same part it needs to be the the faith is what's defining the behaviors around the different pieces the behaviors around the different pieces don't define the faith. And I think that's the long and hard of it. And and let's be real here. It's the hardest part of being a Christian is understanding that that counterbalance that needs to occur there with it. Yeah, a couple of things real quick. Folks, we, we sometimes talk to our Christian friends. And by the way, uh, uh, one other thing I would do probably that we didn't talk about in regard to the... Uh, the the husband wanting to bring her wife to the reunion and she could only tolerate if she took the uh, the gummies with THC would be to ask a pastor of the church at the local church and he'd say well I have the reunion here and and the man Steve put in that that alternative that the man actually said well let's have the reunion here in Louisiana where it is legal and I will host it so that my wife can attend it and she can take the uh Gummies. All you can do is offer suggestions, alternatives like that. 
but the other and 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 I would ask a pastor uh, also for his advice if or not whether you should try to go to the reunion and just hide the situation. Uh, Robert gave an excellent answer. It's like said keep the uh, keep the stuff in the car, but it's still illegal in Texas if you keep it in the car one way or another. But anyway, so anyway, but it's on her so, land, not his. <laughs> That's the difference. He <laughs> has plausible right. denial. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, anyway, in our lives, we sometimes ask each other for advice, and uh, sometimes Christians will give us advice. And and remember, this advice will be according to their understanding of the Scriptures and their walk with the Holy Spirit. But in your own life, if 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 you know that God is leading you away or whatever, don't be confused by other Christians. Paul was told by Judaizers and, and, and that he was not 100% correct when he was preaching the gospel to the, the Galatians, which is what we've been studying in the last four or so podcasts, folks. They said, they told the Galatians that they must be circumcised and they must follow the law of Moses and that Paul was not, in fact, a true apostle because he didn't walk with Jesus on the earth. But Paul says, oh, no. You got that wrong. Jesus called me point blank. He stopped me. And the gospel I preach to you, and that's believing that grace controls our lives, and God gave grace to us and gave Jesus through us because of his great love for us and through grace, we serve the Lord. And if, in fact, we believe the rules are okay and we're, we follow them according to the Holy Spirit, more than likely they're fine. If other people tell us they're wrong and that they are, we are being very pharisaical or legalistic with it, then that's when you ask the Lord and you really seek out the truth, because it could be that we're misapplying the rules. Bill? All right. Uh, take away from you, uh, Professor. It, it, it's really back to the Abrahamic argument. We were, we're justified by faith. The faith is what makes us not the law. Following the law is not the all, end all be all. And I think the biggest challenge we have as Christians and what we need to look at is constantly remind ourselves that while there are certain actions we do that show our faith, those actions we do are there so people will recognize our faith in us. You know, showing love, showing mercy serving other people you know having certain behaviors that are slightly different and and it really goes back to the adage i like to always think about and look at is if i'm not doing some things differently because of my faith what's the point of my faith and i think that is what really this boils down to because it's all about our faith guiding our lives not our lives guiding our faith and I think when you switch into the role of, I got to check the box and follow the rules, you're letting your life guide your faith. Excellent. Uh, Producer Steve Ditch, great <laughs> podcast. Thanks for those uh, setting up the case studies. Excellent. You're, you're welcome. We always have a lot of fun with them. I, I think there's a difference between rules and disciplines. 
And I know, I know people who do not drink alcohol and they, they view that part of their Christian faith. I have no issue with it. And I, they don't, I mean, we got along fine. And yeah, if they don't, if they don't want alcohol in their home, I won't bring a case of beer. Or I won't bring a, case, a six pack or a bottle of wine over. I know that sometimes it gets dicey. Um, does that mean it's frowned upon if we go out to brunch? And I order a mimosa or a Bloody Mary, that somehow that should not offend them. I mean, and that's and that's 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 really where the line between rule and discipline is. Um, you've got to be able to respect other people. And I guess well, to, to cut to the chase, if your if your rules for Christian living, and I'm doing air quotes here, are are causing problems, are causing tension, are causing conflict, are bringing out bad aspects of your of your personality, stubbornness, pride. Maybe you need to rethink the way you're applying those rules, uh, because in Christianity, there's you know your rule may not be somebody else's rule, and you really don't have a right to declare it does. Um, and certainly you can use some scripture to back that up. But as we talked about, there were different ways of reading scripture and interpreting it. And that's kind of the difficult thing about being Christian, because you can, there are, as we said at the top, Robert, uh, there are really no hard and fast rules. We are guided by the Holy Spirit. And I, I will simply let that segue into what we're going to discuss going forward, because we're, we're not quite halfway through the letter, but Paul is going, you know, he's going to reach the point where he stops trashing the law. If we're not, if we're not uh, really bound by this law, if we've been liberated, if this trap of the, this curse of the law no longer holds us, what does? And, and, and it's not simply, you know, willy nilly liberation. There's something there. And uh, uh, that, that comes later. Excellent. And thanks so much for tuning in. My only takeaway is this. If uh, Christianity is making you more of a porcupine, you're just going to be lonely. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. And on behalf of uh, all our supporters and uh, sponsors, thanks so much. Uh, on behalf of producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, my name is Bill Cox. Uh, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So please rate it and leave a review. And if you have a question or comment, you go to our Facebook page or knowchurchanswers.com and post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, well, shame on you. Get out. Uh, and if you can't get out, check out the Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church, why local sale go and participate and fall find the small group AD, ABF Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday school class that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. 
check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 